Galaxy. Now, I'm okay with that, but I'm just yeah. saying in the past, my, my thing is in the past, he's never shown any... Hey, let the past be the past. I get it. Let's, I get let it. sleeping dogs lie. This is water under the bridge. What else do we have to say about things that are over and done with? Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Finger Guns Weeby. <laughs> Brian Chesco. Give him the, the finger guns. Yeah, you brought him back. There's something something about the way you do the intro that it's, makes me <laughs> use finger guns. It, listen, it's been a little while since I've seen the finger guns. They're always welcome. Nothing says pew, 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 uh, pew like pew, pew. the intro to the Fantasy <laughs> Soccer FC podcast. 100% right. That's 100% right. We're going to get off to a flying start here tonight, gentlemen, because we are through game week three. Flying week start like the uh, Watford Hornets? Yes. Kind yes, of. we are. Yeah, sure. Sure, why not? Yes, we, we are going to discuss game week three and all the matches and all the fantasy Premier League analysis that there is to give with all of the fun segments along the way. But first, I'm going to administer an FPL quiz to the two of you, gentlemen. Right now? I have five oh questions. I'll have an easy one and a hard one for each of you to answer. I have a feeling you guys might do pretty well, so I've got a fifth tiebreaker question for okay. you. What are the so? Hold on, so we're we're against each other. No, well, I'm, we're going to go one at a time, back and forth. I'm going to start with you, Dave. I'm going to give you the chance to answer a question. Are you going to hold on? My one question is this: Are you going to make Brian actually answer the question, or is he going to be able to, you know, straddle straddle the answer? He'll try. Okay, but he will fail. All right. Yeah. All right. Come on down and join us for a quiz. Dave. Yes. Question number one. This is for you. Okay. Who is the highest scoring forward on Leicester City? Ooh, that, why is this harder than it should be? Um, <laughs> this is supposed to be the easy I would one. Guess <laughs> Ianacho? That is correct. Okay. Ian Ocho has Good. one more point than Jamie Vardy at this stage. I know. I almost said Vardy. Yeah. Because Good I job, felt like Dave. it was a trick question. It kind of was. Okay. But you got it right. Kelechi right. Ianacho is the correct answer. Currently the highest scoring forward on Leicester City. Brian, over to you. All right. I'm so who, nervous now. Who is currently the highest scoring without looking, sir? I'm looking at Hands my off own, your mouse pad. I'm looking at my own notes. All right. Who is currently the highest scoring midfielder on Everton? Um, I am pretty sure I just looked at this that it is now Theo Walcott. By one point, you are correct. Yes. Thanks to Richarlison's yes. minus, minus two, put him down. which we will discuss in a little bit. The answer is now Theo Walcott. Very good. Now, Dave. Yes. Back over to you. Who is currently the highest scoring forward on your club, Arsenal? Probably the only forward who has scored actually and that's danny welbeck that is correct yeah and uh how do you feel about that well it's it's early you don't think lacazette's <laughs> you don't think lacazette's uh assist on the own goal would put him a little bit higher after no. after some time well i knew this right so because this blew me away i think i texted you uh -huh. welbeck getting like three bonus points yeah and it blew me away he like all of a sudden he comes in in the 70th minute scores once ends up getting all the bonus points 
and your it's, response it's, to me because I said what the heck, <laughs> and then your response to me was that's what happens when forwards score. When they we get, get when we sports. get to the matches, that's going to be kind of a theme of this week is the odd uh, assortment of bonus point points. getters this yeah. week. Yeah. yeah, eight points for Danny Welbeck, higher than Lacazette. I, by the way, I feel fine with it. it everything will be everything will be fine. Okay, Brian. Oh boy. Who is the highest scoring midfielder currently on Tottenham? Well, I mean, I, I think that ha- would have to be Lucas Mora. That is correct. It would have to be. Big match today. We'll talk about that. That's the very first match we're going to discuss. Yeah. But you're correct, Lucas Mora. Now, here's the tiebreaker, and I think that's probably the hardest one of them all. You ready? Yep. Who is currently the highest scoring midfielder on Manchester City? How is he asking every stat that I haven't looked up already? Um, I'm serious. I thought for sure. The Lucas Moore, I did know that one, but it wasn't directed to me. Do, do you have an answer? You, uh, Dave, I, mean, I think your pod prep is weak. I think I'm exposing something. I th- obviously. I think it's Pogba. No, no, City. Didn't you say Manchester City? City? Oh, Manchester you City. You said City. Yeah, so it's certainly well, not Paul Pogba. I wish it was Paul Pogba. <laughs> um, I can tell you who it's not. Therefore, oh, it, it has to be. It's probably David Silva. Brian, um, I could just. May, I think Dave might win this, but I'm gonna guess that it's Bernardo Silva. You're both wrong. Ilkay Gundogan. Gundogan. Only because he's the only midfielder that started all three games. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. That just gives you a little preview of the madness that is FPL right now after three game weeks, which we're going to get into now. Yeah. Brian. We're definitely going to get on to the matches. There we go. That's correct. Manchester United nil, Tottenham three, all the goals coming from Harry Kane and Lucas times two. The Spurs slow. That's four. Finger quotes. I was wondering how long it was going to take more finger quotes to say that. Slow start for Spurs continues, (laughs) and the Kane August curse. Hey, he's only scored twice in sixteen appearances in August. Six, six finger quotes on curse. (laughs) Okay, seems like a bit of a distant memory. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it does. Look. Because we oftentimes are on record with everything we say, uh, at times that can be an advantage when you're right, because we were right about some things this past week. Uh, One of my favorite radio hosts has a segment, and I would love to just copy it. It's like, where the FSFC podcast was right and where the FSFC podcast was wrong. Mm. But we're not going to do that. But Mm. it's a great segment. Most of people... Where Where were we wrong? On this. No, no, no. I'm not saying we were necessarily wrong on this. I'm just saying in general, you could listen to the history of what we've ever done. Yeah. And and it's always going to be like right there, you know, where you can hear it and see it. A lot of people, friends of ours, like to say things and of course they're never on record about it. Wait, you don't think that they're that we're that you think that we're right sometimes and wrong sometimes? Is that your big statement? <laughs> right. And, <laughs> right. That's exactly right. <laughs> no, well in a segment we like to call Duh. <laughs> yeah, sure. You're right. Duh. Honestly, we probably should name the segment Duh. Okay. So, so anyway. In, in a segment I like to call Duh, where I admitted a, a week ago or so that I was wrong about 
Conte. After, in my opinion, now granted he has not scored. This is Ingolo Conte. Ingolo Conte. Okay. For Chelsea, after I saw them play Arsenal last week and mm-hmm. how advanced he was, I kept saying, okay, I was wrong. Like, that wasn't a fluke goal. He will end up getting some more. Now, we have a bet on it. We do. Will, will he get six? I don't know. Maybe, I feel so confident. Ma- maybe that bet was a touch outlandish. I feel okay? so confident about but that But I think it will come down to making you a little nervous. So that, um, that will be great. All right. Whatever. But bottom line is this. Look, I want to be. On, I want to say where I was wrong. I thought Tottenham would have a slow start to the season. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm sure that seemed to be an obvious thing to think. I think because of a maybe a World Cup hangover. But look, let's just call it what it is. They are far from it, and you know it's easy to judge based on the results currently. Pochettino took a lot of crap and or Spurs took a lot of crap for being the first team, which we've talked about before in the pod, the first team ever in the Premier League history to not have a signing going into a new season. Ironically, they seem to look pretty deep at most of their positions mm-hmm. and they seem to be stomping on people's faces. Um, and To Scott's point in his Scott shot last uh, or two weeks ago, to the point that he, I think we've been trying to make when we talked about this extensively on the podcast about buying players or right. not. Who have they shown a positional need for purchase up to this point? They have well, none. And none. So they that, almost needed a goal. That's exactly it. it was, yeah, that's about it. Maurice he, was heavy on the wine. Then yeah. he responded with a seven. Here's the deal. You've got Trippier with back-to-back 11s. Oh, my gosh. You've got Mora and Kane now with two great matches in a row. In the month of August. It's amazing. Yes, yeah, Spurs are doing exactly what a team who is a cohesive unit should do early in the season. Yeah. The story has been about all these squads that have all of this lack of cohesion because of all their new signings. Yeah. Looking first at the bottom of the table with West Ham, which we'll get to. Oh, my goodness. But Tottenham should be a cohesive unit, and they are, and they're playing like hey, it. You're right. Their test is going to be later in the season. But for now, yeah. I agree with you. They have a backup for every one of their positions. Every one of the 11 that that starts any match, there's a backup who's capable of coming in behind that person if they need him. Uh, And right now they they are playing like 11 best friends who know each other very well because they do. And they actually kind of are best friends, I think. That's that's the cool part. Well, at least Deli and Eric Dyer are. (laughs) There you go. So, Kieran Trippier. Brian Trippier, oh my God! In another segment, in, in this a weekly segment that we like to call Tottenham right back, what gives? How do oh I gosh. own all? Are the you Tottenham sure right we back? shouldn't do that handcuff thing with Liverpool or See, with that well, Tottenham right back? I mean, back? today was your one, the one time where it would have not paid off, and I think you know, obviously, if you're going to own one, if you're going to own one Spurs defender. If you were just going to pick one, it'd be Vertonghen. I think you'd have to say it's Vertonghen. You just had to have one. If you just wanted it on sheer, like just mm. pl- weight of playing time, Vertonghen and and Sanchez and Alderweireld. I, I don't know that they're going to play three at the back. I wanted to bring this up a couple weeks ago. The one of the few times they played three at the back, they played three center backs last mm-hmm. season. Do you know what one of the matches was? They did that. Liverpool at home. Mm. Also in that match. They started REA and Trippier together. And I'm just like, do that again. Mind just blown. do that more. <laughs> Bring that lineup back again. And, you know, it's just, I know they can't necessarily do that. And, you know, I know the rotation, you know, it helps the players. But today, you know, I don't, you know, Danny Rose, oh my gosh, Danny Rose. 
Mm-hmm. Just a, just a dumpster wh- fire. What are you doing, man? <laughs> but not trippier. Lucky no. for everyone. I mean, I don't think anyone was really sweating it all that much at that point when he was subbed off. But you know, he gets the clean sheet in addition to the assist and bonus points again. You know, another massive game for him. He has five bonus points. Trippier has five bonus points in two matches. Mm-hmm. Like he, I mean, that's he. This is this this is going to keep happening. Look, if a you lot want, if year. you want to insulate your team against average performances, then find guys who are constantly getting bonus points. Because what will happen is this: when they don't assist, when they don't clean sheet. And when they don't score, it insulates their overall score and keeps momentum, fantasy momentum going, if that's even a thing. But bottom line is you're not going to be looking at me going like, oh, gosh. It's like Mane. Mane's getting fantasy bonus points every single week. Uh, Marcus Alonso, we'll get to Chelsea. That guy's getting fantasy bonus points Every single week. And now that you're getting three weeks into the season, and this will be a theme again throughout the rest of the podcast, is that, look, we're three weeks in now. This isn't just week one. Okay, don't overreact. Week two, okay, it kind of comes back to balance. Week three, okay, now we're starting to get really what's going on on a regular basis. And week four, it, it that will kind of continue. But at some point, you have to say, okay, this is going to be the reality of the beginning of this season. Okay, this isn't, uh, hey, Alonzo scored double digits three weeks in a row, right? This is not Chelsea's segment yet. But look, why do you keep dragging them into this? (laughs) You're right. I don't know. Trippier, this is not a surprise. Only only his health was a surprise. Harry Kane, this is not, this is sort of a surprise with Harry Kane. It's August. Because it's August. Yeah. But it was always a stupid thing, sort of. It was always going to end this year. It had to end at some point. You did say that. This I did, wasn't. I didn't call say that at the end of this the wasn't, That's something we got right on this podcast. Yeah. This, this wasn't going to last forever. Well, and what well, even in this match, like I think it's it's very obvious who the playmakers need to be for Tottenham. It does not need to go down the left side. It needs to go down the right side, and that's true whether it's Aria or Trippier out there. That's right. And and I think it's regardless of whether or not Ben Davis is playing or or Danny Rose. Either way. I mean, that's all you need to know is today, Kieran Trippier put in three crosses. Guess how many Danny Rose attempted? Zero. Mm-hmm. Christian Eriksen had two. Guess how many key passes Kieran Trippier had today? Three. Guess who led Spurs today in key passes? Kieran Trippier. Guess how many corners he had? Two. Guess how many of those led to an assist? One of them. Like, <laughs> this guy can barely kick wrong right now. Like, it is so... It is so... Uh, it is... I mean, I I want the strategy to be... Uh, to be something that I had already employed, and I did not, and it's not feasible for the, for exactly why you saw today. Well, Trippier leaves at seventy five minutes. Yeah, Aria comes on, and he doesn't. I mean, you're not expecting him to come on and do anything necessarily in twenty, you know, in fifteen minutes. But but this what, week is exactly the week why it would be a bad idea to do the right. thing we keep coming back to, which is to have both Spurs right backs. Yeah, because if Aria was the one. Who is starting in your lineup? You would be so mad, yeah, right? Because absolutely. He, if if well, his one I, point is the one that got played into right. your lineup, now is it an overreaction to max out on Spurs at this point? Anyone who is waiting to get past this fixture, which obviously, you know, you, you shouldn't have in hindsight, but if he did, that would have made sense. But 
now that we're past this fixture, man, should you max out? Would you be overreacting if you maxed out on Spurs? Whether it be Vertonghen, Trippier, Delhi, Kane, Lucas, even Christian Eriksen, who got six today. Yeah. Would that be an overreaction? Well, you're weighing it against, I think it's easy to max out. You know, so many people had maxed out on Liverpool, and I think I've seen so many people saying you get as many Manchester City players as you can into your lineup. So sure. once you've done that, there's not a lot of money left. Yeah. And well, so the fact that you're basically, and then now that Chelsea is just romping, not to drag Chelsea again into this, but yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of picking and choosing here which of which of these clubs you want to have multiples of. The one thing that I like about Liverpool, and I like about Spurs, I like about Chelsea, and that I don't like about City is the predictability. Right. The rotation obviously and that's and that's ex- even So like those- aside from Spurs right back to be clear. Right. Well no, you definitely and when we can say the same thing about Mora cuz we have to cuz it's it's worth it to say now that he's a now that he's an option. He's a $7 option that will right. be going up for sure. No, and I don't want to say that now that he is cuz he he was an option. We knew we knew in the summer that that Son was leaving for the Asian Games. We that's knew right. that. So we knew we. I don't think anyone knew that Mora was necessarily going to be the guy that was going to come in immediately, start immediately, play play a majority of minutes immediately. He had he's one of those guys that like summer form was great. Lucas Mora looked great in the summer, and it's now continued into the first three matches of the season. Match week one, no, you're disappointed, but not in the last two weeks. You're nope. not, nope. and definitely not today. If you knew. I'll say it this way. If you knew that Lucas Mora was going to continue in this position he was in today, was going to get significant minutes playing as a strike partner for Harry Kane, mm-hmm. Lucas Mora would be one of the most important five midfielders you could own. Because there is not because not, of his not just because play. not just because of him playing a little bit out of position, but the fact that his seven dollar price and Tottenham, he's playing with Kane. He's having De- he's having Christian Eriksen. And Karen Trippier feed passes to him. That's right. Like, and both goals, while they weren't the hardest goals you'll ever see go in, still required some form. Yeah. And the man scored them both. Yeah. And so and his and that's that's after his goal against Fulham, which was an absolutely beautiful. That's right. Beautiful that's goal. Right. So this is uh, this is really difficult and intriguing. It is. It is an interesting question. Oh, what I was going to say too. Yes. We know for sure. So Sun is out. At least uh, South Korea, we know this for sure. They were in the semifinal of the Asian Games. Mm-hmm. So they will play either Vietnam or Syria for the final. Mm-hmm. The final would be on September 1st. Okay. So they should beat either Vietnam or Syria. Lucas Mora has at least, so you expect, he at least has Watford next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Then the international break. And you'd have to think it's not Sun coming back. Even if they make, if they make the final and they win... Can't imagine he's coming back in right the week, you know, right after the international break. Yeah, maybe two more guaranteed starts okay. for Mora, maybe, and that's so that's Watford and then home to Liverpool. Very good, just worth worth thinking of. No one, of course, came out looking good on Manchester United's side after this three nil loss. I However, Luke Shaw, I, to in fairness to him, I thought Luke Shaw played really well and is just on the sucky end of a three nil 
destruction. That might be valid. I'm looking strictly at fantasy sure, points. Sure, for fantasy points, yeah. It's absolutely. all ones and yeah, twos. Right. Uh, so the question is, who would it be an overreaction to transfer out on the United side of the bowl? Is it an overreaction to sell Pogba at this point? I think it's an overreaction to sell, I think, only Pogba. Is safe to keep? I think only Pogba uh, is worth owning. Uh, answer honestly, yeah. Manchester United fans <laughs> and supporters. What defensive player, including De Gea, do you trust for Manchester United right yeah. now? What about their defense gives you any confidence at all? Brighton destroyed your confidence in the Man- in the Manchester United defense and David De Gea. Yeah. I can't imagine owning any of them or playing them even in low-quality matchups. They play at Burnley, at Watford, and then Wolves in the next three weeks. Burnley is kind of an even matchup <laughs> with them right now. Wow. <laughs> at Watford, I don't want anything to do with that. Not this Watford. That's so crazy. Home not, against Wolves. Not the high-flying Hornets. Two weeks to lick your wounds, Manchester United, and then you come back to then you come back to the high Old f- Trafford to play against against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Oh, and maybe then you'd think the Wolves had just drew City. Right. Yeah. David Gea with five total points on the season so far. Can't imagine having him. If you, I mean, I get it. If you have him and you still believe in the, you still believe in the set it and forget it on your keeper, I guess, but. I can't hey, imagine. Hey, look, it. there's bad mojo going on with with that club right now. There's not good momentum. You got you got your manager walking out of press conferences saying <laughs> holding up his fingers like like yeah. like he's a American coaching champion with rings. I know they don't mm. give rings out in Europe for stuff, but we like to do that here in the US. Or do they? If they do, I don't know. But just bear <laughs> with me. Over here in the states, we love to give out rings to our championship teams. Anyways, Mourinho has to resort to that as he's leaving a presser today because he doesn't know how to answer questions. Like, he's the biggest child around. Well, he's he's looking angry. Tottenham are the first of the four undefeated clubs we're going to cover up front here uh, at the start of our pod. The second is Liverpool. Liverpool won Brighton nil. Mo Salah got the scoring started, and much to everyone's surprise, he finished it as well. That is probably the most surprising thing that happened this weekend. Here's the sign of a championship club, and I'm not saying Liverpool are going to win the title. I'm not predicting anything. Yeah, because Spurs might. Well, that's true. But here's <laughs> the thing. Championship clubs always do two things. They win matches they would otherwise have drawn, and they draw matches they would otherwise lose. True, but typically that's a way. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're right. Just feel like Liverpool should have given me given us a little bit more in Anfield. Well, and it mostly, only, I mean, the history of this says that you would have expected it, and I think the number. I'm, I want to guess that there are some significant triple captains played. I would love to see the numbers the triple captains played on Salah uh, against Brighton at home, which he scored eight, so that wouldn't be the worst to get twenty. Not the worst for sure, but definitely one nil. The prediction of 1-0 at home against Brighton when you're, the history of the matchups is like, what, 25 goals to one or something like <laughs> Brighton that? Brighton looked mean, very well organized. They held their own. And Liverpool was not at their best. There's no doubt about that. And yet, you look at the scores here for fantasy. Salah has an 8, a 9, and an 8 to start the season, mm-hmm. which is consistent, if not spectacular. Right. Sadio Mane only scored three points. Yeah. The debate rages on. 
Question mark? Um, no. Well, here's my thing. Yeah, Brian. As an owner of both Salah and Mane, mm-hmm. as much as I looked at transferring players out in a you know the possibility of playing a wild card this week, I am absolutely torn every single time I have to pick which of the two if I had to get rid of them. I can I I feel like I cannot choose. Why are you de- why are you why are I, you unnecessarily I, hurting yourself by having to try to decide which one to transfer? I am out? only Keep thinking both. I'm only thinking of it in terms of dollars and only thinking of it in terms of of other moves to make to improve yeah, elsewhere it, in the team. And it's combined it, they've scored 54 points. I know. And so That is really good and you've probably captained one of them each week. Right. And so I've gotten so I you know everyone wishes they captained Mane week 1. I didn't. I captained Captain Sala. Last week I captained Aguero. This week I captained Sala. Sala is the only reason why I had any sort of respectable score at all this week. By the way, Brian, where are you in our mini league right now? Right now I'm in first. Yes, you are. So, uh but this is also the first time I can remember in a long time where I the first there were th- I had three weeks in a row where my captain scored a goal, right. at least a goal. Right. So I mean that that changes so much about the outcome of your week, whether or not your captain does well. I I think this is exactly this kind of match is exactly why, to me, it makes this debate rage forever because Salah is so. So vital. All right. In a match where you got next to nothing, you had Matt Ryan make the most unbelievable save on mm-hmm. Roberto Firmino. Abs- Firmino absolutely should have scored in this match, if not for Matt Ryan making an, an amazing save right. on that header. Salah's the guy. Who, who scores the goal? Salah does. Mm-hmm. Salah is the guy who's going to do that, and I would guess that that happens when they need it. This is the guy. He That's fine. Guy. He can be the guy. He's also the guy that costs the most. I know. And therefore, as long as he's costing over $3. What number do I have in front of you right now, Dave? 2,432. <laughs> it changed. <laughs> Let me try that one more time. Now what number do you have? You're holding 304. 304. Do you know what that is? I don't. That is 38, which is the number of matches in a Got season. You. Right, right. Times 8. Yes. Which right now, Salah is averaging a little over eight points over the first three matches. Okay. Do you believe it's possible, if not likely, that Salah could average eight points a match this season? It is possible. Then that's what his total points would I think be, three hundred and four. I think that'll be difficult. However, it's definitely, like... I, I don't hey, think... listen, we've talked about this already. Everyone is furious because Salah, because the FPL is prematurely, they're going to have to hold off on the bonus points as it stands tweets from now on. They're going to have to (laughs) give that a second because Zaha and Salah both fell to the bonus points as it stands uh, curse going going into the final calculations of bonus points at the end of the match. Yet another match where Salah is the only person to do anything offensively and ends with none of the bonus points. In a sidebar to that, to me, it ends like this is exactly what we talked about last week. Andy Robertson finishes with three yeah. over everybody else. And it's and it's exactly what we said. Usually in the low scoring matchups like this, it's the it's the chance for goalkeepers and center backs who do not score goals to get in bonus points. And Van Dyke finished with two. Andy Robertson finished with three. To me, that is like 
that is seals it. I feel like that absolutely seals it on on where the if anyone is owning Gomez or Van Dyke, which I could get for Gomez because he's cheaper. But let's compare Robertson and Van Dyke. I just don't know what you're doing. You're not mad about having Van Dyke. Van no. Dyke is you feel six, you know, six and eight. You feel you feel very good about that. Twenty yeah. points total. It's yeah. just not as good as Andy he's Robertson. Been, That's been, right. It, Van yeah. Dyke has been reliant on clean sheets. You know who hasn't? Robertson. He's been assisting and get big, and he has been getting bonus points. Eleven, seven, and nine. The bonus what amazing, points. What an amazing. The bonus points start. is a stat that will amazing. continue. He will continue this throughout the season, and Van Dyke won't. He's been reliant on clean sheets. Look, can't wait till he scores that. I goal wanted to on finish my thought piece. on Mane and Salah. <laughs> yeah. Until Salah is consistently outscoring Mane on a regular basis and as a gigantic point lead on him, I don't. I will will refuse to own Salah. But here's What's the, thing. the point. Here's the thing. This week. I did a monologue on prediction. Yes. Prediction as an important quality yes. in FPL. Here's what we know. We can use the past to predict the future to some degree. And the best prediction that we can make is that Mo Salah has the higher ability to be consistent, while Sadio Mane can switch on and off at times throughout the season. He's a little bit more of a streaky Salah's player. Salah's done this for one season. One season, last a record-breaking season. Okay, now, fair to, enough. To stick your flag in the ground and say he's been more consistent. Look, one could easily argue the same people said that about Harry Kane, and he's done it for three straight years, right? That's true. So, like, I'm not saying that Salah can't. I'm just a little more cautious. And the other thing is this. He played a lot of games last year. He played all summer in the World Cup. At some point, will it catch up a little bit? All summer, it needs to be in air quotes. They played three matches and they were out. But your point is I'm true. just saying, it's a lot of matches, I am, I'm reading into the 8, 9, and 8, though, too, admittedly. But um, I see the upside here I, for Do you want to know one of my... You want to know... This is one of the weirdest things about Salah, this, to me, so far this season, especially as it relates to bonus points, is do you know, do you know who leads the Premier League right now in key passes? Salah? Mm-hmm. Mo Salah, 12 really? key passes. He has more key passes than Andy Robertson does. Andy Robertson has 10. Ryan Fraser has 10. Key passes don't get you bonus points. It's they, probably one of the... It's probably they, one of the... But they, set, they, they are important. Yeah. I mean, it's clear. Sure. It says key right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh. to believe occasionally a key pass becomes an assist. And I would imagine it also becomes a big chance created. And this is what I'm saying. Like just on sheer volume, Salah's uh, got ten shots to to Mane's seven right, for I, the season. And so this is exactly what I mean. Last year on volume, Kane and Salah were light years ahead of everyone in terms of the shots that they took, the volume of shots over the course of the season. And that's points. I mean, that that is that correlates to points. I mean, they, those guys are too good not to make that turn into points. So, I mean, it's that's what makes it so difficult. Scott, I want to give you a chance. Uh, I was going through some some other Liverpool midfielders. I noticed a guy named Nabi Keita. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You had predicted that he would be the Mo Salah of this year in fantasy. I don't think I ever said that he would be the Mo Salah of fantasy. Brian, this to me is. So you 
hating Nabi Keda is the Scott hating Gwen Doozy of <laughs> No, hold on. So this is like I never perfect, hated this is like If there's a Venn diagram of sure. hatred of, of one guy and hatred of another, you Look, guys would I never hated nice Keda. I just said I don't think there's any proof that anyone in the liver, that has played that position for Liverpool has been fantasy relevant. That was my angle and has been my angle. So far, Nabi Keda has done nothing but be consistently average with three threes. Is that on something fantasy, that's going on to fantasy in points? Fantasy yeah, points. I mean, I, if you Look, no, no, he's bringing. Listen, I'm not knocking him as a real life player, right? But we are. This is a fantasy podcast, mm-hmm. therefore, fantasy wise, I don't think. And I said this earlier. I don't think he will be a play all year. And he's expensive at a seven point five. Yeah, you'd rather have James Milner. A crap ton of guys behind him. Especially because Milner's on PKs, right? I mean, that's that we, or yeah, so sure. it seems. That, that we know of. Milner, 6'11 and 3. Now, Kata is not in my lineup right now, but I could see a week or two where he ends up in my lineup. I feel like the trying, upside is I high. feel like you're just trying to cover 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 the tracks in the snow there. No, I, I see potential for Nabi Kata to, to find a little bit of form. Okay. It, I could see him being one of those guys where he has three weeks in a row that are great. And the question is, will you have him for those three weeks? Will he be the Muhammad Salah of this year's I never fantasy? said that. I'll have to, I'm, I, might, I never said he would I'm be gonna the, dig Ma- up the, sound the Mo Salah. And I'm going to play it now. Nabi Keita. Okay. Stupid. Seven, seven and a half pounds in the midfield. He has played a very forward uh, position in preseason so far. I think he will be the, the surprise... Signing of this summer's window, like Mo Salah was last summer. <laughs> we'll never know what it says because we can't remember. No, we but can't. everyone else will. All right. If you're one of the 5.2 percent of people that own Pascal Gross, and you are doing like most people were, I think, asking why is uh, Basuma starting over Pascal Gross? Chris Hutton said it was because it gave them a little bit of a different dimension in their midfield especially knowing he was going to play a three-man midfield, which I'm assuming that means Davy Proper. Sully March. Sully, uh, well, it was Stevens. It was Dale, Dale Stevens, Stevens and then Basuma with Knockart and Sully March on the wing. Gotcha, okay. But, yeah, if Basuma's going to do that and they see a strategic reason to keep subbing or to, to put Basuma, give Basuma minutes, I mean, Gross subbed on late. And of course, was one of uh, he and scored. he uh, he and Knockhart had the best two chances for for Brighton on the day, but um, one ten and one for Pascal Gross. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a you talk about a set it and forget it midfielder, but I just can't imagine you're doing that with all the other options at his price. There's I thought no for way. sure. I, it seems like early on I was wrong. I mean, I did get his ten, but I sold him this past week, so I didn't have to worry about zero. Good job. But what I pri- said prior, I don't feel good about. James Milner, what are we to make of him? Henderson, it looks Henderson came on in the game. Will that affect Milner? Who yeah, will not that for affect? Mil- not for Milner this time. He came for he came on for Keda. No, no, I know, but just because of that, I don't think that he's going to move perfectly there. Where does Milner fit? Like, there's a lot of options, Scott. You're the, Milner, the, the, Milner. You're the resident Liverpool aficionado. What happens to James Milner? I don't think so. His score so far six eleven and three. I think he's a consistent four to six point scorer, 
I think he'll play just as many matches as anyone else in the midfield. And I think at 5.5, if you put him in your lineup as your fourth midfielder and you just left him there, I think he'd be okay with how many points he scores at that position by the end of the season. I mean, five and a half makes him a perfect fifth midfielder candidate. A- agree. I, mean, I feel like that's a perfect guy to have as a sub in. Agree completely. I d- Will his playing time continue to be consistent? That's my question. Well, right because now. Because if it is, I, I want him at that price in my midfield. We're not going to know. And the answer is probably no. But we're supposed to know. That's what we do. We're supposed to know. Liverpool's, We're to predict. Liverpool's lineup has been incredibly consistent so far, largely because all they're playing are Premier League matches right now. The Champions League is coming. The right. group stage will begin in less than a month, I think. And at that point, rotation will set in. The squad is very large. There are a lot of guys that can play. And I just think, you know, yes, they brought in a lot of key new signings over the summer, but there's a lot of the same guys here too. The cohesion that we talked about with Tottenham exists to some extent with Liverpool. I think you're going to see Klopp wisely rotate his squad, and I don't think Milner's going to play 35 matches this year. I think it's going to be closer to 30 matches in the Premier League this year. So you're going to have to make a decision with that. Right now, for the next two to three matches, absolutely, James Milner is an option. And I think you'll see fours and fives largely in those next three matches. That's my prediction for you, Dave. Got you. But over Beautiful. the course of the season, I would not be surprised if his total matches is in the 20s. Milner should have gotten an, a co-assist on the Firmino, the, on Salah's goal, because he was the one that stole the ball from Basuma. Uh, just a just a note, just a reminder for anyone who's thinking about captaining somebody next week. Uh, Liverpool scored five goals last season against Leicester City in the two matches that they played. Uh, they won 3-2 at King Power uh, last September. Who the scores? Salah scored three times against Leicester, one of, only one of those against uh, Leicester away. So he scored his he scored a brace at, at home, home. And they scored Liverpool one goal away. And they play at Leicester this coming week. Newcastle 1, Chelsea 2. Yosalu tried to steal a point for Newcastle, but Hazard and a Yedlin own goal sealed the points for Chelsea. By the way, our boy DeAndre Yedlin, American. Man, he's so I love that guy, man. Yeah, but you know what? He tried to mess up Giroud's face. He earned the uh, karma's a bitch yes, award. He, yeah. Well said. Because yes, he did. And that elbow. is a new award. That is a new <laughs> award that Scott Weeby just created on the you don't podcast. Think Adam Smith. Or there's a and co-ownership of that award. This yeah, week. he definitely gets the co-ownership of that award. Right, well. Okay. Then we'll give it out twice. Cause but the difference there is... There will be music behind this. The, t- the difference is, Yedlin delivered... Is it Meredith Brooks? Do you remember the song? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll we... No, that's no. just a... That's a solo reference. That's He's it. not a... <laughs> right. Karma. Well, that's no, I just think sure. that was her hit song, that's all. It's yeah, sure. So you want to play that right 90s, now? Yeah, I, don't want, I don't want that song playing under every pod that we do no, in the future. No, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I so we got we to gotta come <laughs> up with honest. another song? Then. Something else has to happen yep. here. But Yedlin delivered a solid UFC elbow to Olivier Giroud's face in order to be able to assist on the Osalu goal, and then later an own goal going in the net. It's so true. Sealing the points for Chelsea. Like, I hated to see that. As a fantasy owner of Alonzo, I'm like, are you kidding me? He just got two assists, one by an own goal, and then one 
by getting taken down in the box. He got two fantasy assists and zero real life assists. Interesting. That is amazing. Speaking of Alonzo, 11, 13, 11. Mm-hmm. He's had a great start. He's the is highest there, scorer in fantasy. Is there any reason to think that's going to taper off? I, I feel, feel like he's. think so. I, just, I don't either. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's Honestly, like a sure thing. He he now is in the 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 uh, stratosphere of of uh, should he just be a captain every week? Mm. It's the weirdest thing that he's gotten to the point where you could legitimately in the matchup. I think you could just say I might be safest captaining him. He's well, scoring this with pretty much out getting clean sheets. That's right. And if they, Chelsea they, starts figuring out a way to do, and the reason why is because Sorry just tells everyone to go in the box. That's Sorry <laughs> Ball. I figured it out, Brian. Sorry Ball is hey, let's advance the ball up the field, and then everyone go in the box except mm-hmm. for Louise and Rudiger, yeah. and you have to play defense by yourselves. The good, other good luck, Louise. Yeah, seriously. The other significant score this this past week for Chelsea was Eden Hazard. Yeah. After two fours off mm-hmm. the bench, he starts, and what do you know? He scores eight. And his price has already gone up. So if you were hoping to get him at a 10.5, it is now currently at a 10.6. However, he suffered some significant abuse. Newcastle yeah. was physical with him. Yeah, he needed treatment right away in that game. Uh, and that's not, I mean, that's going to happen. He's the most fouled, one of the most fouled players in the Premier League. I'm not surprised by that. Um, no, I mean, I there's, to me, this is all positive and the schedule makes it even more positive and it's this is exactly why picking and choosing which team you want to load up on man it is really difficult for me not to say that chelsea is almost like equal with liverpool city as long as you get the goal scores yeah as long as you get the goal scores but i think at this point like getting hazard in the team is just as good as really i would like to think that it's going to help you at least as much as anyone including salah i mean i imagine his his starting position now is solidified Mm -hmm. he's in the starting lineup he'll probably stay there as long as he's healthy but you really put him up in solitary well i just think that i mean this is this is exactly where the the dollars i mean make such a big difference and so the thing i was toying with is having a salah hazard combo in the midfield that's not a terrible thing I and guess. i think it's as a, long as you're not replacing sala with hazard no i was thinking of it replacing Mane with hazard and i feel like that's a mm-hmm. i feel like that's a really even swap interesting that money is way easier at 1.1 now uh or or less i think it's easier to up to Mane's at what 9.6 i think maybe 9.7 he's about to go up i think too that's way easier than you know if you wanted to go from you know, somebody lower than that to to hazard but you know of course the money going down from salah to hazard you gain a lot but that's exactly it i mean that's like the two biggest guns i mean you're basically putting the two biggest guns of the premier league in your midfield and i think kind of depending on how you spread out the the money that you have left whatever money that is you can make up those spots and the fact that Richarlison is going to be probably back to six and a half by the time he's done with his suspension i feel yeah. like i feel like there's still there's still plenty of points out there in the in the lower positions. Either way, to get back to what you know, throwing out the statistics, you know, 81%. In addition to that, Hazard did end up playing the full match here. But Sari said afterwards that if if Kovacic had not asked to be subbed off after the first goal, it would have been better for Hazard to have played 
70 or 75 minutes. But he didn't have that sub. He didn't have that sub because Kovacic wanted to come off. So he said it was impossible. So that's still, I, you know, that, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, you know, multiple times throughout the season. Do I think he's going to get Conte'd and left out of the starting lineup very often? No way. But subbed off at 70 minutes? Sure. Gotcha. But 70 minutes of Eden Hazard, the way he's playing this season so far, please, I will happily add that to my to my team. Agree. The other thing, too, the reason why I say throughout the stats, right now, seven of the top 10 players in the statistical category, accurate final third passes. So passes that were accurately completed in the final third of the, of the pitch. Okay. Seven of the top 10 are Chelsea players. It's because wow. that's where they play. But they don't play exactly anywhere it. else. But in sorry. this match, the, like the, the stat that Jorginho completed more passes than all of Newcastle combined. That's right. Jorginho, Hazard, Conte, Azpilicueta, Alonso, Pedro, and Kovacic are all in the top 10. That's, your, that's, that's one, two, four, six, seven, eight, nine in accurate passes completed in the final third. Seven of the ten players that's, are Chelsea players. That's insane. That is insane. That's, it's like it, it's all blue the whole way down. Wow. So, I mean, if you're going to keep having that, yeah. and they are going to keep Conte's throwing bodies forward goals. like that. I No, I don't think he'll get his six goals. I also don't think it's always going to lead to wins. I think their sure. poor defense is going to bite them against better competition. Uh, However, if that doesn't mean they're not going to score great forward fantasy points like goal like marcus alonso like we said yeah the fact that he scored 35 points already it's all because of offense yeah even though he's a defender did you think yosalu was going to get a header here and put a goal in the no. way this game went did no. anyone count on a newcastle goal at all but he's also one of those guys you're not going to count on him to keep doing that moving no, but, forward but his point being is that's where Chelsea's vulnerable. That's right. right. In a game where they had 81% possession, yes. they still managed to concede a goal. How that's in right. the world that's did exactly, they do that's that? The, that's a good point. That's the point. So, yeah. And I, leading us into Newcastle, is there anything fantasy relevant there? Not yet. Maybe. No, no, you eventually. Wait. Not yeah, yet. No, yeah. Once this stretch, once this is over, we, we, first of all, we expect, discussed it was a brutal stretch and it's continuing. Expect way more of the same next week when they play at Manchester City. It's impossible that they're not going to roll out a really similar lineup. And yeah. whether that includes Jamal LaSalle's or not, I mean, mm. it's probably going to. Yeah, I don't like those rumors. Yeah. Well, I mean, Benitez says it's nothing, but. Yeah, I mean, but a manager's going to say that. Yeah. Talking about the rumors where LaSalle's and Benitez maybe aren't getting along right now. Sure. You don't want that, especially with your best defender. Yeah. And so next week, you know, I assume Newcastle's just going to try to, you know, they might absorb 85% possession <laughs> next week. Oh, my gosh. Wow, you're, you're thinking then, they're going to get to 15. That's, and then and then a little bit more of the same. They play home to United the week after, you know, after the international yeah. break, and then they're at Crystal Palace. So it's not exactly easy even in the next three. And then no, they but, still have worse, they still have a couple more after that that are, yeah. that are different. You're going to wait. Yeah. But that's what we've been saying. And no one who's a Newcastle fan or no one who looks at how many points they have in the table needs to overreact. It's all about fixtures. Hey, Rafa Benitez, this is exactly why he's such a like he's so amazing. I mean, he said it in his the post post match. You drive the car you have. You 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 know, you do the best with what you got. And I am doing the best with what I got. 81% <laughs> possession. I don't care what I don't care if it's 99% possession. If we create good chances in that 1% we got, we're okay. Because I know who we got. 
And I'm doing what I got with who I got. There's no way he and Mike Benitez and Mike Ashley, owner of Newcastle, share a holiday dinner together. I right? can't no. imagine that at no. all. No. There are three undefeated teams we've covered so far. Tottenham, Liverpool, and Chelsea. The other, Watford. Watford, Damn. two. Crystal Palace, one. Hornets! Up the, the goals Hornets. coming from Pereira and Holobos on the side of the Hornets. Wilfried Zaha on the side of the Eagles. No surprises here, but here's what I am struggling with. For me, the hardest decision to make in FPL in all the land is Roberto Pereira, question mark. This is exactly why I called him a buzz. <laughs> Between stutter dud, it was and a dubs. It's a, something it's a in the middle. <laughs> dubs. So to be fair, in reality... Uh, in fantasy reality, that is, Roberto Pereira has scored 16, 2, and 8. A clear stud. Points. So far, yeah. But that's the kind of player he is. So is this just happening at the start of the season and he will regress as we get into the heart of the season? Yeah, but we've never even talked about him ever, hardly ever before. I disagree. I oh, have referred that, to him multiple times. This is exactly why. In the, seasons past. And when is, he's played well. He has streaks. Scott. He might have one game every fifth game, but that doesn't mean he's no, fantasy Dave, relevant. No, Dave, that's, that's the whole point, is that his form picked up so much at the end of the season last season, and it's carried over now into the beginning of this season. Now, I'm okay with that, but I'm just yeah. saying in the past, my, my thing is in the past, he's never shown any... Hey, let the past be the past, man. I get it. <laughs> let's, I get let it. sleeping dogs lie. This is water under the bridge. What else do we have to say about things that are over and done with? Jose Holdabas. 13, 2, and 9. Yeah, he's Great way up. Great goal. He's way up there. Great goal in <laughs> yeah. this match. Well, stop. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't like his goal? No, it, was like... a, it was a no, Scott chess. Scott's like... okay. being funny. Why can't you just allow him to be funny? No. It's a funny no. thing. A shot pass. It was a chess. Yeah. And... He admitted scored it. The same. it went in. He admitted it. It was great. Technically, it was great. It and looked amazing. You know who? going to trick the goalkeeper listen, to a chess. On the Watford <laughs> side of players not named Pereira or Holobos, you know who was impressive was Daryl Yonmott. Yeah, yes, he was. Daryl Yonmott. Pod favorite, 7 I 1 and 7. Daryl Yonmott, one, had a, an amazing chance here. Of, like the announcer said, a, a classic fullbacks, uh, a fullbacks goal uh, attempt. But. Yeah, he was good. Hey, I guess thought he what? was very good here and extremely lucky to get the assist on the whole <laughs> boss goal. Guess who's a bonus point getter? Four bonus points in three games. Mm, could it be Daryl Yonmott? Your boy Yonmott. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Absolutely. Let's look at the fixture list here. Brighton at Burnley, who is not the Burnley of the past. No, they're not. Crystal Palace. Decent mid-table fare, I guess, at yeah. best. They host Tottenham next week. And then, are we, and then United after that. Okay. Bonus points are bonus points. Oh, sure, but will Spurs get all the bonus points next week? Maybe. Listen, Spurs... I get, they played here's fair. A, here's a question. a fair question. You're, you're seduced by the results so far no. that, that Watford has... I'm not saying you. I'm yes. saying generally speaking. It, anyone who is seduced by Watford so far with the results that they've gotten. And there's some great points here on the Watford so, list. But do you buy now? So, on my paper, yeah, in my notes, mm-hmm. I have Pereira, Holobos, Yanmat, Arrows, Hold, Attention Schedule. 
But right. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Holobos is a red card waiting to happen. Yeah. Okay. So so at any moment he will get cards, yellow cards, red cards. He loves to play Etienne cards. Who should have been holding a red oh. card on his way off the field Who? early oh. on pi- the way off the pitch. Etienne Capu. Oh, That's a right, separate right. issue. Yeah. That's a separate issue. That was a con- a complete raking of Horrible. the calf and Horrible. Achilles Horrible. of Zaha. So look, I don't like Jan Mott either based on the offensive schedule coming up. But I will say this, Pereira might be a little bit uh, less matchup proof as opposed to the defenders moving forward. What am Listen, I doing right now, Dave? I know you're shaking your head. Look, you're Stevie, wa- you're Stevie the, wondering. I, I am think. not on the Pereira train. I'm not. I'd make a bet about how bad Watford's going to be over the next three weeks in comparison to you the first three You still just have this weird, deep-seated hate of Watford because they got rid of your favorite manager of all time. Mispronounced. You love your crush. Kike Sanchez Flores. Oh, you said it right. Good What's the name of my fantasy team this year? I think it's is it I Heart Kiki. Kike, yeah. Kike. It's I Heart Kike. This is not the it's, Kiki challenge. It's less about Watford than it is about Elton John. No, I'm just kidding. It's not listen, about Elton John either. Watford. Watford is who? They're the same every year. Listen, Watford played. Watford at home against Tottenham last season drew 1-1 in a, in a war. It was an absolute battle. And I think. Watford felt hard done by last season. Mm-hmm. Then they proceeded to get stomped by Tottenham when they played at Tottenham at the end of the spring. Hey, Tottenham's so, flying if, high. Listen, just crushed United. You listen, know what? They're no. going to come in feeling themselves a little uh-uh, bit. No, that's and yeah, Dini, you're, Dini's no. going to lead them into war. That's not happening. And <laughs> if you buy Watford now, if you listen, buy Watford going into next week, you are that, buying. That picture. You are buying high, which is the absolute wrong thing no, to do. I agree. I absolutely one hundred percent agree, and I would give Watford. Unless you have a guy already, if you have him already, sure. Just just yes. keep him. Hold tight. But buying now, the only guy I would buy out of this is Will Hughes, and that is entirely based, based on, on his price. money. 13 all, points it, right? at a 5.0. And had an amazing chance in this game. If yep. not for an amazing, an amazing, I'm going to say amazing and amazing, amazing Hennessy block, Yeah, uh, Will Hughes is That's on the right. score sheet again this week. Crystal Palace. It's it's Zaha right I, now. Hey, why is Zaha not owned? I don't know. Thirty percent because he's put five, two, and five on the board so far. Twelve total fantasy points. It's not spectacular, he but can't you know what? Get away from his own temper and his yellow cards. No, that he was, does have to be a little careful. Hurting his, it's hurting his. Uh, and was, he's not getting any trash. bonus points. That was. He's trash. got a very large personality. He's always been a very fouled player. Yeah. He's fouled a ton, and I think he's got the reputation of someone. He's a diver. You can get well, yes, but also Hornet proved. Well, I think the reputation as a diver is worse than his reality as a diver. Yes, I would think that's. However, his reputation as someone whose skin you can get under is absolutely real, and he's shown that with the cards that he's earned. He was. He was honestly he. A stricter referee would have sent him off in this match. Potentially so. Yeah, there I was thought, a second yellow card there somewhere yeah, in his fouling. I thought that was still weak when he got his yellow in the first place. I thought it was just a reaction to the first thing that happened. Crystal Palace's schedule remains outstanding. Yeah, you know, home home and two in the next three. You get Southampton, then at Huddersfield and Newcastle at home again. You got to still stick with those guys. I'm very happy with Zaha currently in my lineup. Um, the guy that I'm concerned about is uh, Jeffrey Schlupp, and that's entirely because uh, what we said 
could happen and what has been discussed by lots of people up to this point uh, kind of happened is that he was subbed off early for Max Meyer, went off at 75 minutes, and Max Meyer proceeded within the next three minutes to be the one who assisted <laughs> Wilfred Zaha's goal. Yeah. So absolutely not not a, not a death sentence for, for Schlupp, who has said, and has been very good for them, said he can can and will play where wherever Roy Hodgson has for him. You got to say it's not great that it took Meyer three minutes to make an impact in exactly the place that Schlupp was in. Well, Max Meyer is going to find his place somewhere. You would I, think. I would have thought that it would. I would have thought they'd find a way to accommodate Schlupp and Meyer at the expense of James MacArthur. But MacArthur was also very good in this match. I thought of all the players that I thought Schlupp had had opportunity to be better, and he. I felt like he kind of underperformed here. But either way. Max Meyer, I'm keeping my eye on mainly because his price has dropped. He started off at a six; he's already down at a five point nine. If he can, if he gets a start, that ownership is going to jump up, and you might be able to get an extra tenth there. Interesting. Well, they know for sure. I mean, it's because he had he has an attacking role. I mean, that's exactly I, what they want from I agree, him. 100%. I feel like it, the potential is yeah, definitely there. That is the end of part one of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't miss part two.